Hey guys, this is the Diesel Queen. I have some exciting news for you. This March, when you buy a diesel decoder, you will get exclusive access to a question and answer panel with me personally. This is going to be limited to only the people that buy diesel decoders. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys. In addition, you will also be getting six months of completely free access to the diesel repair platform, which is called the Wikipedia of truck repair. And on top of that, you will also be getting a voucher to go to one of our top training classes in the United States. It's an in-person training class. This only lasts through March and it's only available with the people that buy the diesel laptops decoder. Don't wait, sign up for it. If you've been waiting on buying it or waiting to figure out if you want it or not, March is the month to get it. All right, everyone, I, I think you're, again, going to enjoy this episode. I probably say it on every episode, but what I learned here is this, this podcast, this interview is literally a 50 year industry veteran. He's been doing this for 50 years, trying to make our industry a better place. And especially like the last 17 or so, um, all this right to repair stuff that you hear about, and maybe you've heard about the heavy duty memorandum of understanding that was signed for commercial trucks about a decade ago. Uh, this is the gentleman that's behind it. He is the one that actually is a signature on some of those things. He's the one that is talking to Congress. He is the one that's trying to get all these groups involved together when it comes to right to repair uh, and giving you options, giving you choice on all the things you want to do. And as you know, that's a big deal with me is I, I, I try to run my business like I am a consumer. I want options. I don't want to have to be beholden to go somewhere. I still want to have safety. I still want to have security. I still want to make sure things work and they work properly. But give me an option of where I can do my business. So uh, Mark, who you're about to hear from, great guy. Uh, and I think you'll find as, as much as he's helping the industry, the dude's got a huge heart. I mean, I, I was I was about to tell him, he'll, he'll, he'll talk about some of the charity stuff at the end that he's doing and some of the things he does. Uh, people like this, just they just love to give back. He gave back to his employees that helped build his company. He gives back to the community. He gives back to charities. He's giving back to the industry. So there's, there's not a lot of marks in our industry, and we need more of them. So enjoy the episode. I hope you really do like it. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The DL. I am your host, Tyler Robertson, the podcast show where I get to talk about all the cool things that I like, which is really the heavy truck industry. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things in this one, uh, from parts all the way up to right to repair and everything in between. So you're going to see how we weave all that together here. And I want to bring on Mark Karen. Of, he's the president of Total Truck Parts. They are a very large independent parts uh, seller in uh, Florida. So, Mark, welcome onto the show, sir. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So, before we started the recording, I was like, "Man, how long have you been doing this for?" And I was shocked. You're like, 50 years. I've been involved in the, in the heavy duty parts industry." I always love to hear how how you got here and, and and what you do and how things are going. So, why don't we just start there to set the stage for everyone? Okay. Well, I always tell people I started work when Moby Dick was a minnow. Uh, but anyway, um, <clears throat> I, I love this industry. Started here in um, in the in the late um, actually uh, 1970 as a manu working as an engineer for manufacturer Bendix. Uh, left in '79, started my own business from scratch. Uh, we built it up. Now we're well over 40 million in sales with six operations, and I've got involved in um, uh, the legislative side of the business when I joined the Commercial Vehicle Solutions Group 
I was on their board of directors, asked to be on the board of directors, and um, a good friend of mine, Dave Shear, uh, from Inland Truck Parts, asked me to help out on a issue that affects the repair side of the business. Uh, we're also a repair shop, by the way, not just parts. And um, so I said, yeah, I'm glad to help anybody out. And we got involved in this uh, thing called Right to Repair. And at the time, the uh, electronic that were going on trucks, computers, and all that were not made available. Information was not made, being made available to independent providers, service shops, or whatever. So we tried to get the federal government involved. Uh, I made trips to Washington, to different states. We, it was a long, long process. We finally got to Massachusetts, which had a referendum process where the people could vote, and we were able to get a referendum passed. The big um, hurdle there was trying to get the um, the legislatures to recognize that commercial vehicles were just as important as cars. So the initial legislation was only for automobiles. I was able to work with a wonderful gentleman who's no longer with us, um, Senator Tom Kennedy, who was able to get uh, commercial vehicles added to the legislation. And in 2013, I believe, we had the first Right to Repair Act passed in Massachusetts, and we started an effort to move to other states. Uh, the manufacturers recognizing that this might not work out good for them because they might there might be additional things added to that legislation that they didn't want. So they agreed to sit down with us and uh, within electronic data on the trucks, the, um, the computer's available for price, uh, but you could buy software now engines and car, um, sorry, engines and truck manufacturers make it available, but now we have a new challenge. So um, as technology advances, we're now into the world of telematics. And currently on trucks, the data is transferred over a data port, uh, which is a connector that's on the truck, and you can read the computers, onboard computers through that data port. But with telematics, they do away with that port, and now you have to have access to the telematic information, and they're not making that available. That was not included under the original legislation. Um, it is not really an issue now for trucks yet, but it is becoming an issue for cars. So it's led to a new legislative effort, which is going through the federal government now, which is uh, called the um, Right to Equitable and Professional Auto Industry Repair. And again, we were able to get commercial vehicles included into that. Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal to have commercial included in these new laws and these new things that are happening. That, that's never kind of been the, the thing before. And like, how, just to explain this to people, like how many years, and I, I know CVSN, who we're members of as well, is is one of the forces behind this. And we've had MEMA on here. We've had the Auto Care Association on here. So it's a, it's a topic near and dear to my heart. But how many years have you actually been fighting for the right to repair to happen? And and what's it looking like now? Because I feel like now it looks better than it ever has with all the things that are going on. Yes. Well, we, I actually got involved probably somewhere around 2006. Um, that's when I started uh, getting involved with, uh, with the group. Um, at that time, it was just preliminary because the trucks really didn't have a, a lot of computers on trucks at and what's interesting is it now affects almost everything in a person's life, your cell phone, your computer, uh, your refrigerator, everything cannot get access to that information unless the manufacturer gives him 
the access codes to do that. So I think what's helped us in a way is the advance of technology has made the issue much more prevalent or much more significant in the eyes of of the um, uh, Federal Trade Commission, which then underneath the Congress. And I think that's really what's really helped. Yeah, I mean, I heard I heard President Biden use the words right to repair and FTC in the same sentence, right? Like you never you never heard of those words come out of a president's mouth. So, you know, you know, things are at least making progress um, and it, it does feel like this is maybe the time. And for the audience, that right to repair the Repair Act. Um, and then, by the way, I love how they always come up with like fancy names for an acronym. Right. So we'll just call it the repair, which actually is the name of it. R-E-P-A-R, all capitals. Right. Uh, so there, there's a lot of, I think, a lot of momentum and a lot of, a lot of good things going on. But I, I guess here's the question I'd like to ask you: like, as a consumer, I don't care if it's your your washing machine, I don't care if it's your cell phone or your car or your TV. Everyone, like, everybody wants the right to choose where to go and how things will, you know, give me options, right? I still want to be kept safe. I still want to have security. I still want to like not not harm myself i mean there's there's concerns there obviously but in your opinion you've been there you've been fighting this for you know 17 years why why is it so difficult for the politicians to make this happen like what what is what is the problem is it is it money is it the manufacturers like they just didn't care enough it's not a big enough point like what what do you think it really is hey i i was uh, invited to have breakfast with congressmen up in up in washington i met with him to talk about right to repair, trying to get more people uh, to know about it, maybe introduce legislation. This was about 10 years ago. And he asked me all about it and he was very nice and they asked all kinds of questions. And then he turned to one of his aides and he said, who's against it and how much money do they give to us? And and uh, the aide knew all the information and he turned to me and he said, well, listen, I really thank you for coming in. I hope you have a good day. And that was the end of the meeting. So the biggest problem we've fought is money. And uh, you're absolutely right about the, the, the way people are. It, both the referendums, the uh, last one on right to repair, and the most recent one on telematics passed with over 80% of the population voting for. And that's, that's heard of in any kind of election when you get that many people vote for something. Um, so, But even then, we can't get the telematics released because there's all money being passed around back and forth. The, the federal court's involved now trying to uh, sort out whether this is uh, in violation of other laws. Very complicated. Legislation is extremely complicated because they throw anything they can at it to make it uh, with their way. The big change in this time, I think, is the fact that MEMA is behind this. Uh, MEMA is a huge organization, and the fact that MEMA is supporting the Repair Act, I believe, will be the the thing that puts us over the finish line. Um, so the only, the only people that are really against it now are the engine and manufacturer associations, uh, maybe some dealer associations, but they can't compete financially with the resources that MEMA and and all Auto Care and CBSN have. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I there, There's definitely been a seismic shift here the last couple of years. And a, a quick story for the audience, too, is I remember, like, this is partly why I started Diesel Laptops, right? It was, I was selling these diagnostic tools, like, kind of on the side. And uh, I had an agreement not to sell them in the state where my current employer was because they were like, oh, it's going to create competition, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, whatever. But 
uh, when I was actually asked to like quit my side business or resign, I was like, well, what's the problem? Like, I'm not selling in the state. This is our agreement. Why are you changing it? She goes, well, other dealerships are complaining <laughs> that you're selling diagnostic tools and it lets their customers do the same things that their shop can do. And I remember looking at her and thinking like, you know, if your whole business is beholden to the fact that nobody else has the ability to use anybody else, like you got a bad business model going on. Worry about taking care of your customers and providing the best value of service at the best possible price point, And you're going to be fine. You don't need to worry about people having access to things that, that you don't want them to have access to. That's just not the way that's not fair. It's not, it can't work that way. So right to repair is like a, even for us here, it's, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword because I have people that are buying our products and services that allow them to do all make all model repairs. And it allows them to look up their own parts information, their own repair information, do all these things. And right to repair pretty much says, hey, anyone, anyone can buy this stuff or has that have access to it. So uh, a lot of people say, well, they already have access to buy all the stuff and all the things. And I know there was, I don't know how much you were involved in that heavy duty memorandum of understanding that was signed, man, probably like a decade ago now. But that did. I, think, I was a signatory. Oh, were you? Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, there, there was. I mean, that was that was a big deal at the time because there was nothing. I mean, did it did it feel like a big deal at the time when that that MOU was signed? Yeah, that was that was a real. I mean, I never felt more excited about anything in my life was when they actually we actually had the signing of that document. Um, it really was a, a tremendous achievement by a lot of people, and it was a real honor to be a signatory on that agreement and be involved in the negotiation and it wasn't easy to negotiate but you're absolutely right about one point is too many people are only care about what's in their backyard um, we've been trying to get legislation introduced uh, that has to do with warranties i know this is about right to repair but one of the other things that affect heavy duty market or commercial vehicles is they're not covered under magnuson moss and magnuson moss protects the fleets the vehicle owner if they buy a component that is uh, not from a dealer or not from the OE and something else breaks on their truck that has nothing to do with that component, that dealer can deny the warranty on a commercial vehicle. But on a car, they can't. And, and uh, we tried to get uh, um, a writing campaign in with some of the, um, some of the aftermarket repair shops but they all had relationships with dealers and they were afraid that if their name showed up on a petition, that might affect their ability to get that information. So yeah, it's very difficult. There are a lot of reasons why it's difficult to make um, law and get changes done, but there are idiots like me who just um, are just not gonna let go. We're just gonna keep on pushing and pushing until we get what we want. No, and in the industry, it's really good to see people kind of join forces. I felt like in years past, it was a lot of people doing a lot of different things. But like you said, now you, MEMA throwing their weight into it and CVS in there and Auto Care Association there. And now US Perg is in there as well doing stuff. There, there's just a lot of a lot of movement, people kind of coming together. And I, I think you're also 100% right in the fact when you talked about the, you know, what's changed technology, like things got super complex, super quick. Um, and I, I think another big piece that I that I would love to see, I and mean, this is down the future, but it's like the training. Like I, I came from an OEM dealership and everyone thinks we got like this world class training. It, it really wasn't that mm-hmm. world class. <laughs> it really wasn't that accurate or, or timely as new products came out. But what I always see, one of the big missing pieces is you can give someone the greatest tool in the world to fix something but without having some training behind it. 
understanding not just the principles, but how to diagnose it, how to repair it, all the things. That's a huge another gap. And, and all this goes back to how it's impacting us, like the American citizen at the end of the day. It's all of a sudden trucks can't get fixed accurate and timely. Things don't show up at stores. <laughs> uh, things break down longer than they should. Or like, like we have infrastructure problems. Like this really impacts everybody uh, whether they realize it or not. So it is a very big deal. And I really appreciate everything that you and, and everyone else is doing in that regard. Well, you, you do a lot too. And, and we, we love your product and actually we love your training. Um, training is really important for a couple of reasons, not only to bring up the skill sets of the technicians we have, but it's becoming an issue that attracts new, new people into the industry. So the fact that we don't have the formalized training that is available through a lot of the OEs is making um, a lot of potential candidates for repair technicians move toward the OE channel versus the aftermarket side or the independent side. So um, we encourage you to continue that, make it more available. Um, and, um, and and it's a big deal for CVSN right now. I, I should tell you also that CVSN is made a major commitment to providing training um, for aftermarket technicians. Um, we have a program right now called DTE, which is Distributor Training Expo, which is mostly for the part side of the business, but we're looking at doing the same thing for the repair side of the business. Yeah, we're, we are all in on the training. I mean, that's been the, <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it's really unfortunate. Like I, I, especially small business, they are they are caught in this trap of technology and knowledge just getting so far away from them, and things got so complex. And there's so many make and model trucks, you can't be an expert at them all. And now you got the diesel technician diesel technician shortage putting pressure on them as well, and trying to convince these shop owners, these small guys, to be like, hey, you need to you need to train your technicians because a they're going to be more efficient. But B, kind of like you're alluding to, it, it really is like a retention thing too. Like we want it, we want to keep them here, and you want to grow, and you don't want to have the rollover. And giving technicians training opportunities, certificates, getting them to do ASC tests, like getting them to be better, and making that part of your culture inside a repair shop, it's it's really hard for a small independent to do that. But we do have some programs coming out. Um, what we'll actually be doing for our customers that buy a kit from us are in support, is they'll get free online training through our platform, Diesel Training. Uh, unlimited for their whole shop and they'll get unlimited hands-on classroom training at our facilities across the country so we're we're all in uh on doing this we're actually opening a brand new facility here in columbia uh well over a million dollars into a training facility for diesel technicians in columbia south carolina which probably makes no sense but we we really believe in that future and that vision and it is a it is a puzzle piece and, and right to repair giving people access to tools and repair and information it's it's a really really big big piece of the puzzle uh, that we got going on here. Uh, well, I think we it, hope that you, we hope you, we hope you also make that training available for those of us who have already purchased systems and continue to purchase systems from you because it, it's important. You know, in Columbia, South Carolina, yeah, I don't know why you did that, but that's okay. It's not that far away. Uh, we would love to participate in that training. And I, I just want to make one more thing very clear to people is that shops are so very important to the future health of the independent aftermarket the new building we're building is taking a building that has two shop bays and adding and making it 16 shop bays it is the most profitable part of our business where our backup our backlog of vehicles is so dramatic it's unbelievable we're seeing fleets now that are selling their land selling their facilities because the land is worth more than 
the money they make in their business and they're just outsourcing their repairs on their trucks. Yeah. Uh, so for the rest of the industry who might be looking at this, uh, if you want a good business investment right now is grow your repair business. Yeah. Yeah. Repair repairs, not going anywhere anytime soon. As much as the mainstream media wants to talk about diesel and or electrification or whatever, like commercial trucks, the way they work, they're, they're going to be around for a long time. Uh, and I, I think I, I guess I'd like to talk a little bit about your company, right? I mean, six locations. I heard you're, you just said you're expanding. You also me for the podcast. It's now an ESOP. Um, it, it sounds like things are going pretty well for Total Truck Parts. Yeah, we've had uh, the access to technicians, the willingness to pay them what they're worth. Um, you know, most of our technicians are making six-digit salaries, and uh, but it doesn't matter because we're charging pretty damn good labor rates. I don't want to get into that uh, on the podcast, but it's the most profitable element of our business. It's the one that's hardest to duplicate. And it's the easiest to get customer satisfaction because you're dealing directly with the customer when he needs you, as opposed to having him go out and get seven different prices for the same part from different people. So um, the repair business is great for us. Uh, we converted to an ESOP because of a couple of reasons. Uh, one is that I wanted to continue in the business, but I'm old. I'll be 75 next month. And I didn't want to leave the business um, and then suddenly, God forbid, something happens to me, uh, then my wife and daughter are having to deal with it and obviously would sell the business. The other reason that was very important, very, very important to me is back uh, 20 years ago, I, or 20, 22 years ago, I sold the business. I sold it to a roll-up called Transcom. I did that because I was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor and I wasn't supposed to be able to live. So I didn't want to leave my family with debt and all the other things. So I sold the business to Transcom. Uh, Transcom fired me within a year. The doctors came up with a miracle cure and I would, I don't have the cancer anymore. And, um, and I was able to buy the business back about approximately three years later. When I did that, I saw what this company did to all my employees, the way they treated them, the, it just was horrible. And these were the people that made me successful enough to sell the business. And I said, I'm not going to do that again. Um, I always kid around and say, if I ever sold the business, I'd have to hire somebody to start my car. But really, I felt an obligation to the people that made me successful that I needed to do something for them. Why couldn't they have a pot when they retire so that they can enjoy the rest of their life? And that's when the ESOP came about. And again, it was Dave Shear that introduced it to me. Uh, he Inland Truck Parts is a big ESOP. And um, what amazed me was how excited the employees got. And it's a tremendous opportunity. Anybody who is thinking about selling their business should look at an ESOP. Well, I can tell you. Because uh, ESOPs, 100%. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm 44, like, I'm, I'm on year eight of this thing. And I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't have anyone to really, like, I don't have family working here and, and, and went for a really, really long time. And I'm always like, man, this isn't, you know, me owning, me owning this thing. <laughs> you know, like, what happens to me is something happens to me. Like, that's not a good situation for the company or the employees. I got to start figuring this out and putting a plan together, right? I can't, I can't own it forever. I'm like, I always tell people, like, look, I, I'm either going to, you know, die or retire. That's like my, my two exits here. Like, and I'd rather, I'd rather, 
you know, pick it and then, then let it pick it for me. And I got to put a plan in place. So the ESOP thing, uh, AMBAC International may manufacture injectors up here in the uh, Columbia, South Carolina area. They're, they're an ESOP. I've been over to their, uh, their open book meetings that they do, which is like amazing how they do that. Um, I know I read the, the great game of business book and everything. So, uh, ESOPs do have like a, a, a lot of, a lot of good benefits. And I, I had never really thought of doing it, but it, it seems like I'm, I'm hearing about it or seeing it more and more often now. And it sounds like it's been a great experience for you guys to this point. It, it has, it's changed the culture around here, but also something you should think about is hundred percent ESOPs do not pay income tax. So, uh, so all the federal income tax and state income tax, you don't have to pay. That's the money that goes back to the employees. The other thing is, is the advantage to you in terms of tax, tax, uh, you know, when you sell your business, you have to pay capital gains. Yep. In an ESOP, you get to, you get to uh, avoid half of those capital gains. So th there's a real advantage and you're a young man, you can continue on in the business. And, and uh, just because you're an ESOP doesn't mean you have to exit the business. I don't plan to exit the business. Um, and I hope my employees don't plan to have me exited from the business. But um, we get along great. I love what I do. I get to come to work. Um, you know, I'm one of those guys that, that just absolutely loves this business, loves this industry. So uh, the ESOP made a lot of sense. And, and if you're at all interested, uh, you ought to give it some serious consideration. I'd be happy to uh, talk to you more in private about that. Uh, but it's a, it, it is a great deal. Your employees will love it. Um, when they start seeing the value of their retirement fund growing is going to be, a, and this will be the first year they get to see that. I know it's going to be very exciting for our employees. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so once they start getting that track record, and you got a you got a very you know business that's been around for a long time, stable, profitable, all the all the things. So it's uh, it, it's 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 been fun for me to talk to people and learn what their strategy is, and the long term planning, and. All these, all these things I never thought about before. Is eight years ago, I was like, man, I just want to go sling some tools out the trunk of my car and, and try to make some money here. So it's a, it's definitely a, definitely a mind shift you have to go through. Uh, going back to right to repair for a minute, um, what if someone's listening to this, just, just, and they, they want to get involved? Like, is, is there a, a website or how can they get involved? Or is there anything they can do yes. an individual level to to help with this? They they need to go on uh, the CVSN website, cvsn.org. And I'll double check. It came out today, so I, I haven't had a chance to actually check it. We have a letter that, uh, or a link that allow you to click on that link, and, um, and it immediately goes to your congressman, uh, and you can send this letter telling them that they need to pass the uh, Repair Act. Um, and that's what we really need. I mean, it, they do listen, believe it or not, they do listen to people. Yeah. And the, the problem has always been is people are apathetic. They don't want to get involved. So we, we, um, I've been working with AutoCare and suggested they, they uh, make this easy. So they develop this uh, ability where all you got to do is type in your, your address and it tells you immediately who your congressman and senator are. You don't even have to look it up and it'll send, send a letter to them It'll be read by their aides, and their aides weigh these letters. I mean, if you ever go to a congressman's office, it's fascinating because they they show you all the letters they have on an issue, and if there's enough letters, they're going to pay attention to it. Yeah, I mean, it's everyone. I think just assumes everybody else is sending letters or doing things, so and then yeah. they don't do them. So yeah, I 100. percent I highly encourage everyone go to the CVSN website, check it out. And I guess I got one more one more question for you. 
I was on your website. I noticed a lot on there, like right on the front page at the top. Support veterans, Collier County, Honor Flight, Project 425. It sounds like you guys get involved in, in some charity work over there too at Total Truck Parts. Yeah, I'm, I'm very big on charity uh, personally. I um, Just this September, I was uh, working on a charity for women that have had um, uh, breast surgery. And the, uh, so it's called Over the Edge. And um, so what it involved was 16 sling, which was a new experience for me. But we were able to collect a lot of money, and I do things like that. I do magic uh, shows for kids um, at hospitals and stuff like that. I, I very strong on, on, on um, charity. I have a, a friend that's retiring. Uh, we're giving 5% of our proceeds on the day of his retirement to the Heart Association. Uh, just honor him. So, yeah, it's nice to make a lot of money, but it's even nicer when you get to do good things with it. Hey, like, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan, and he's got that line in there, right? Like, save money like nobody else. You can, you know, spend it like nobody else tomorrow or something along those lines. So that's uh, – I can just tell by talking to you, you're you're a good man. You've got a great company going there that you've they flipped over to the ESOP. Uh, hearing what you how you feel about the employees is very similar thoughts coming from my side of the table as well. Like, hey, these people helped get me here. They they deserve a piece of the action and some some of that as well. So uh, it's been it's been great talking to you. It's been great having you on the show and everything. Um, Total Truck Parts or people want to get a hold of you. Like, where is our website? Where should they go to learn more? Well, we're actually redoing our web our website. If you've been on our website, you know it really sucks. So uh, we're redoing it right now. Um, we, what we did is we developed a really nice video about ESOPs and we're going to put that on there. Um, I've just been so busy lately with different things. And when I got COVID, I lost a lot of time. So I'm playing catch up. Um, <clears throat> but we expect, um, that by the fall, we'll have a new website. Uh, and that'll be, that'll be really tremendous. I now have your contact information. So, uh, if you want to do the repel with me in September, We'd love to have you in Toledo. Um, if not, I'll be reaching out to you. You can be sure. Well, I'll, I'll always hit, I'm down for anything. So always, always hit me up for stuff, seeing, you know, schedule and time permitting and everything going on. So, you know, we're, we're CVSN members. Uh, we're, we're getting more and more involved with you guys as things go on. So, again, appreciate everything you do. Uh, we're going we're to call this one a wrap for the audience. And remember, it's not just diagnostics. It's diagnostics done right. And it takes people like Mark that's out there helping us for, for literally, literally 20 years. He's been out there helping every one of you listening to this, trying to make all our lives a little bit better and give you guys opportunity. So, Mark, thank you for what you do. CBSN, thank you for what you do. Catch you on the next one. Like, share, comment, listen. We appreciate it. <laughs>